Allison, it's so interesting to see you in my brother's office. <laughs> I know, it's weird, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I'm like, hmm, where, what is happening? We just, we played some fruit basket turnover with our locations this week. So, Evan, Evan won. Evan got to go to Mexico. I, Evan, I, I got, got to come to Atlanta. Yes, you got to Atlanta. And then I won't go to Atlanta. Where yes. we will all win. Where it will be Castle Birthday Part 2, Electric Boogaloo. Electric Just... Boogaloo. Except no castle and no birthday. Well, actually, Evan's birthday. Yeah, we're going to be celebrating him. Mm-hmm. That feels pretty damn good to me. Um, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, it was my 10-year anniversary yesterday. That was fun. That's pretty momentous for anybody, but I feel like especially for somebody with ADHD, for you to latch onto something for 10 whole years. You know, they say that if you have ADHD in a marriage, that it's less likely to survive. And then if you are married to a deaf person and you're hearing, so in other words, like if, if you marry someone who ADHD and you don't have ADHD, then it, there's a larger chance that you won't make it. And also if you, are deaf and with their hearing person, it's more likely to. But I think they cancel each out. It's kind of like there it is. It's kind of like um, when two you negatives get negatives make a positive. Well, I was going to say two advantages uh, don't necessarily make additional advantage, but definitely one disadvantage and one advantage cancel each other straight out. Straight roll, just yeah. a straight roll. And I'll say that that I'm the disadvantage and Lindsay's the advantage. Aww. <laughs> You know, yeah, it's fine. With with anybody else, I might disagree, but <laughs> Lindsay Jean is pretty great. So <laughs> I was waiting for you to disagree, but it didn't come, and that's okay. I agree with your dis- disagreeing. Yeah, but it was it was it was fun, and we ha- we're gonna have a fancy dinner tonight. And uh, she uh, she liked the poem that I r- wrote, and uh, it's just nice. It's nice. I and I, she I, gave uh, you. And she gave me these beautiful dyes. So the, the three things that, that are supposed to be 10-year anniversary gifts are tin, T-I-N, tin for tin. That's weird. I just thought of that. Uh, daffodils <laughs> and diamonds. We don't mm. care about diamonds at all. We're not diamonds people, so we don't care about that. Tin is fine, weird, weird. But she gave me... Uh, a set of dice that have little daffodils inside them. So cute. I love that so I much. Know. So fun. Did, did you think that 10 years ago, A, you'd be standing here still married, still wildly in love even more now than before, and two, that she'd be giving you Dungeons and Dragons things for the games that you play multiple times a week? No. Who would have thunk it? Right. Yeah, the poem that I wrote was about the fact that, that when we got married 10 years ago, everyone was like, Oh, marriage is so hard. Uh, it's so much work. And we're like, so we never believed in it. Like, we weren't going to get married. We weren't going to. Uh, which is fine. That's totally valid. It's a valid choice. And uh, and yet we did. We just like, okay, let's try it. But we, we tried it with the stipulation that we would check in after 10 years. And if both parties agreed that it was a favorable partnership, then we would extend the contract for another five or 10 years. We thought we were being so smart and so hip to do that. And so the poem was all about, God, what an idiot. What an idiot. 
I was. So are you going to have to go back through this every 10 years or or now are we just good (laughs) moving forward? Like you've just accepted that you are meant for each other and better together. No, that's it. Of course. That's ridiculous. How foolish we were to think that. And there is no one in the world that I'd ever want to be married to beyond her. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So we won't have to worry about this check-in when we're celebrating ADHD 20's 10-year birthday <laughs> and Matt and Lindsay's 20-year anniversary is what you're telling me. I hope not. You know, I mean, I think it's okay to be a realistic person, though. I don't think you necessarily have to go pessimism, but I just know that life is full of changes and ups and downs and all kinds of things. But I think that if it's just that when you find somebody that makes, makes life easier right mm-hmm. for a lot of people marriage is difficult they don't like it it's fine that's that mm-hmm. they try mm-hmm. it it doesn't work there's no shame in that either there's not you're a human being life does throw you a bunch of stuff right like that's it's not fair to say i'm never going to do this la 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 but it has been the opposite like yeah it is very easy with lindsay and again, I'm not saying that's the way for everybody, but it's very easy for us. Yeah. And she makes it easier. I was just going to say, because I only know you as part of Matt and Lindsay. Like, I didn't really know the before Lindsay Matt. Right. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I'm over here like, well, duh. Everything that you're saying is apparent, obvious. Right. But you had lived a lot of life before you I did. You know, decided to lock it down with Lindsay. This is most definitely the better Matt. This, oh, this is the best, best version. I'm not going to say that I was a asshole necessarily before her but i'm a much better person and i and i try to be a much better person um Mm -hmm. anyway we're going to a fancy dinner tonight and uh i'm psyched so not pizza on a friday no not pizza this friday unless they do some sort of deconstructed pizza all right i this is shocking but you know (laughs) <laughs> your, your Friday night hyperfixation meal is not on for the night. And uh, so I'm, no. here's, here's what, I don't normally have pizza on Friday. Mm-hmm. I normally have pizza on Tuesday when I play trivia and my favorite pizza place delivers to the bar where I play. That's my hyperfixation, but I didn't do that this week. So I'll have pizza tonight <gasps> in your and Lindsay's honor. Thank you, Allison. There it is. That's perfect. The circle of friendship continues. That's what <laughs> friends are for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why are we the way that we are? I don't know, man. I was just thinking the same thing. Why, 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 why? Um, so, how are you? I'm good. Okay, good. I'm in Atlanta. I am yes. hanging with with uh, some some Biv pets, two yes. two cats and a dog. I get to see my parents tomorrow because they mm. are they live in Birmingham, Alabama, so they're going to drive the two hours over to see me. Joanne and uh, not David. Yeah, it is David. Okay, wow, it I did it. it. Woo! Yay! Um, and then next week I get to see you and Fitz. There's our Fitz mention for the day. There's a Fitz mention. Check. Ding. We should have like a. Oh no, that's not the right one. <laughs> there it is. That's. That's the Fitz effect. Say. Yeah, the Fitz effect. <laughs> It's perfect. It's beautiful. It's inspired. It's better than the record scratch. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so weird. So weird. You want to uh, you want to roll some D one hundred? Yes, man. <laughs> yes. Let's do it. All Let's right. All right. All right. Okay. 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 You want to tell me your number? My number is. My number is seventy one. Um. <laughs> Oh, 
I'm so happy to ask you this question because oh, no. it feeds into something that we've talked about multiple times now on this very podcast. Yes. What is the most likely thing to distract you during combat when it isn't your turn? Um, my own, my own stuff. Like I, I feel like uh, so Evan, my brother, n- really never plays spellcasters, mm-hmm. and I, I like a mix. I like spells, mm-hmm. but. There are a lot of spells, and because I don't play as much as I DM, I don't really know what the spells do. <laughs> I really don't know what they do. <laughs> I'm always having to ask y'all, what does that do again? What is that? I have no idea. I really, like, I have not had the sit down and study 5e spells <clears throat> thing. So I kind of just spend all, like, looking and reading all the spells that I've haphazardly chosen. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone's like, um, all right, Matt, your turn. I'm like, oh, damn it, I have no idea. So I would, I, is that a fair answer? Spells? Yeah. Spell you understanding? Not, you need to not play a character that gets to pick spells daily. You know, like, yeah. don't don't go druid or wizard, because then that's just going to add more chaos to an already fueled time. Um, yeah. Just make sure that you, you know, play your little sorcerer. You did bard, warlock, bard, bard, all those. Yeah. You know. I got to, I got to know, I got to know the bards. I got to know yeah. Phelan's spells pretty well, but yeah. I'm the opposite of Evan. I only play casters. Mm-hmm. Um, I will give the good listeners of ADHD 20 plus you a little insider information. I have decided on the next character that I will roll up. <gasps> it, it is specifically not <laughs> a caster. <laughs> Really, more like a fart than a record scratch. But I digress. Okay. Sorry, hands off, hands off the sound machines. Okay. Um, um, I would like to play. This is probably going to surprise you. An Echo Knight. Ooh, that does surprise me. I decided I, I played a one shot a couple weeks ago with a Rune Knight, and and that mm-hmm. took me down a path of of how are you doing all of these wonderful things, and then. <laughs> I just started, I got into like my little hyperfixation hole where I started to read all the different uh, paths you can take as a fighter. And I was like, why have I been sleeping on Echo Knight? So I now I really want to, yeah, I you know, well, I, you basically can can push a, a, a whisper of yourself, an echo off of your body and place it strategically around in combat or otherwise um, and do some pretty tricked out stuff with it. <laughs> That's fun. That's really fun. Uh, I love it. Uh, yes, your your roll. I rolled a 50. 50 years old. Uh, 50. I'm going to kick and stretch. and kick. Um, again. <laughs> what movie have you watched the most times? Oh, probably Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Mm. Followed closely by 10 Things I Hate About You. <laughs> I don't think I knew about those things. I don't think I knew that at all about you. I would have chosen a Disney movie. Um, I, I mean, if we count like all the times as a child, I probably watched The Little Mermaid. But Disney movies now, like I'll watch them once. Some of the really good ones, like I think I watched Moana uh, three or four times, maybe. But no, Monty Python is one I can turn on anytime, anywhere. I have most of it memorized. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. That's been my favorite movie since, like, junior high. Wow. Okay. Wow, that is interesting. I did not know that. I'm like an onion. you got to peel those layers back. It's There's true. always something it new It is so true. Wow. I love it. Well, what are we talking about? 
Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? What kind of topics do we like? Um, so like? <laughs> it was funny because Matt and I were trying to decide if we should do a podcast today. And I said, well, do we do we have anything to talk about? And he was like, well, one, we always have something to talk about. Yeah, we do. Two, we have this list that we've been maintaining of, mm -hmm. you know, things that have either fallen off of our radar from our outlines or just, ooh, this is a good idea. We should do this. And I tell you what, it was another example of object permanence in my life because mm -hmm. as we pulled up this list that we ourselves with our own little fingertips, tippity, type, type, tapped, it was like a brand new discovery as we yeah. went through this list. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Well, it's good. Um, it's good. I love it. Good. I love yeah. it. Uh, a good kind of ridiculous. So what we selected today mm -hmm. is uh, building on building your perfect party. We thought it would be cool to talk up through the the stereotypes that are in most given groups of friends and and think about how, you know, Matt and I have have hand selected, have chosen people to be in our camp and to fight through this maze called life with each of us. Yes. Um, you know, because of something that they brought to the table that stood out to us that made us say, yes, you can be in my party. How do we go about <laughs> doing this? I love this idea. Um, build your perfect party of, let's say, four adventurers. Name those classes. Do we roll initiative to see who goes first? I don't know. Because I don't <laughs> I mean, know. I always, I always want to roll initiative. Okay. Well, and it's interesting because I've had people, you know, who hear me talk on and on and on about D&D &D and they want to play or they're going to play their first game. And they always want to know where to start. Yeah. And so, first of all, read through all of the different classes right. and just see if anything calls to you, which is what I did the very first time we decided we were going to play. I read through and Sorcerer immediately stood out to me. Mm -hmm. There was nothing else I wanted to do. Um, but then, you know, other people will read through and there might be two, three things, you know, calling out to them. And so then I say, well, check in with who you're going to be playing with because you want a balanced party, right? If yeah. everybody <laughs> is a caster and you have no muscle up front to slam baddies into the ground, that's not very helpful, is it? Mm -hmm. Or if everybody's a barbarian, you might need people to stand more at a distance and, you know, buff and stuff like that. Side mm -hmm. note, we did recently do with Tay a barbarian only one shot. Ooh. And it was so ridiculous, amazing, fun, wonderful. So for one shots and things like that, you could absolutely all play the same thing. But if right. you're talking campaign, you might want to balance your efforts. Okay. Yeah. So that was the spirit in which we thought about having this topic was like, who who do you want to go on an adventure with? Okay. What are we rolling initiative for? I'm rolling initiative. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> What'd you get? I got an 11. I got a 16. Nice. Well, I was just thinking, like, if uh, who would want to go first about describing the perfect party, right? And then, then what we're talking about doing is translating that into life. Mm -hmm. So there are some basic guidelines that you just went over, which is you want to have a balance. And that usually kind of touches on the four original classes. But I, I feel like you could be a magic user. That's what they were called thief, fighter. I mean, you can also kind of think of any any group, which is what we're doing today, which is like, you know, the breakfast club, friends, mm -hmm. like all the different personalities together, but a fighter for, for like raw protection, and they call them a tank sometimes. Some fighters are mm -hmm. a tank, meaning like they can take the damage. You've got 
usually somebody in the back that has that is good at throwing things in combat. You've got a sneaky person that would be a that would be a thief, and then you've got someone who has magic, and then a healer is the kind of the the mm-hmm. other archetype that you want to. So healer, thief, magic user, and fighter, basically, right? Mm-hmm. But you're saying even more specifically, what are those classes? What specifically do you want? And so you want initiative. So you get to choose uh, <laughs> four adventurers that you would have that you would put together in D&D. So uh-huh. I've already spilled the beans on that, that I'm probably going to choose some kind of a caster. So mm-hmm. in all of the um, casters I've played, I've been a sorcerer twice. Mm-hmm. I've been a druid once. I haven't yet touched wizard or warlock. I don't know why. I've seen wizards role played exceptionally well. That just intimidates me to have to be the smartest one in the party to come mm. up with all of the the brilliant plans. I'm I'm more of an enforcer than a thinker. Sure. Usually. Yeah. What about you? I am often drawn to a warlock because I like I like the idea of the the communication with the being and i like it i like it on a more secular level right like I, mm-hmm. the, the warlocks are not they are not priests they are not clerics right they are chosen by this force to be an avatar of sorts i like that element of darkness in there a mm-hmm. little bit of mm-hmm. a little like, like is it what am i talking to is this a good thing or a bad thing or yeah mm-hmm. You you that. do love a, a chosen one storyline. I do love a chosen one storyline, man. I really do. Uh, okay, so yes, uh, you you specifically number one, you choose sorcerer. What else? Mm-hmm. So I guess do you just kind of want to keep going through this in, in kind yeah. of groups that make sense? So like we could we could talk about the healers. Most people think of the cl- the cleric role uh-huh. when they talk about the healer, right. um, but. Bards, druids, even uh-huh. paladins um, yeah. are all uh, healers in their own way. So we'll for the, the class that we'll call the healers, we'll go with how does bard, cleric, and druid sound. Yep. Now Evan loves to rain down some druid hate, <laughs> and the reason he does is he calls them OP or overpowered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He thinks that mechanically they don't fit with a lot of other parties. Uh, as someone who now plays a druid, uh, yes, there are big, beefy, crazy things that I get to do as a druid. Yeah. There are also limitations. So right. druids, as the name might suggest, draw their power from nature. Yes. Um, from the world around them. So while druids can heal, and while their spells do tend to be really fantastic areas of effect, they can also sometimes be a little bit of one-trick ponies. You know, I've, mm. I've run into battles before where, you know, if I'm not set up in exactly the right way to, to pop off a spell, I'm pretty freaking worthless. Mm. And I didn't realize this was the case until uh, in our Thursday night game where I play a druid, we did a player versus player battle. Oh, man. Um, and Fitz's character, I am still bitter about this, <laughs> who is a monk cleric multiclass, kicked my druid's ass. I oh, mean, no. to a bloody pummeled into the ground pulp. And wow. there was nothing I could do about it. And that's that's my argument for why I don't think that they're overpowered. Because as far as druids go, we don't, you know, we get one attack. So you're going to cast a spell. We don't have a lot in the way of bonus actions and reactions. Mm-hmm. 
And those are all the things that make a complete player, right? So maybe you're, you know, you can attack twice, or maybe you just have some wicked bonus action. Or if you're a monk, which we'll get to in a minute, you have key points that you can spend for extra, you know, ways to deal and buff and just all these different things. Whereas druids, you're going to cast a spell. If you hit with it, it's going to cause a lot of damage at the end. Yeah. So. Right. That's my soapbox on druids. There is one thing, though, that I'm not as into, and it's the wild shape thing. I'm not into it. To me, that is overpower because mm. it is an inherent ability of druids to take the form of another animal. I wish that it was just a spell that was that came in mm. their list of spells available to them just because it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It really just doesn't make sense. Just to turn into an animal is always weird. And the problem is is that they can turn into an animal and then they could get beaten up to a pulp and they could actually die and then they come back as a druid and they're kind of back to normal in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. So it's like it's kind of like having two characters or a bunch of extra hit points, which I don't know. So here's object permanence in play once again. (laughs) I specifically chose Druid because we were playing our very first campaign, Fitz played a Druid, and she was a specific subclass, Circle of the Moon, Uh where she could wild shape as a bonus action. Yes. uh, And she could also wild shape into very, very, very beefy animals. So I chose Druid thinking, oh my God, I'm going to wild shape all the time. And Fitz have warned me. It's basically, it's like you just said, it's a meat suit. So yeah. uh, because druids tend to be squishier builds, they're not the tanks. Right. Um, and so I would, I was like, I'm going to do this all the time. I never wild shape as uh-huh. a druid. I can count on one hand yeah. the number of times that I've done it. Um, one, I forget about it. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, doesn't exist. Um, and two, <laughs> because I'm circle of the land druid, I have to use my entire action to do it. So I have to waste right. a turn and I don't get, I don't get cool. You know, I could go like brown bear, you know, or something like that and get additional hit points, but usually their AC, their armor class is pretty low. Like, so it's just not worth wasting a whole turn so I could maul something for a couple turns and then to your point, right. be poofed back. Yeah. Um, checks and balances, man. So that's druids. That's, that's way too long spent on druids, yeah, but it sorry. is what it is. Yeah, we've got, we've got a sorcerer and we've got a druid. What else? So now we'll kind of move into the, you know, some of the fighter classes, um, which I guess is really everybody else. So we've got barbarian, we've got fighter, we've got monk, we've got paladin, we've got ranger, we've got rogue. Ranger mm-hmm. and rogue are kind of in their own little worlds, right? I mean, they, I, I would say that they're, they're the sneaky, they're their fourth they're the fourth archetype, right? There's the fourth, mm-hmm. the the sneakier ones. I think bards could also fall into more of a thiefy thing. The bards are kind of like jack of all trades, master mm-hmm. of none, mm-hmm. and that's the point. Bards, man, you get made fun of the most when you're a bard, both mm-hmm. in party and out of party. I remember I was at a real life party and was talking D and D with some guys there, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh yeah, what do you play?" And I said, "Bard," and they were like, "Yeah, of course you do." Like people. Mm. So judgmental of bards. Anyways, um, full of tangents today. Okay, so I love a paladin. I love mm-hmm. a paladin. Mm-hmm. It's one of my. That's one of my favorite classes to play, actually. Because see, I think paladins 
are OPAF. Like, oh if, if you want to have a fight about something, because they have spells that they can cast, mm-hmm. but because they're a fighter class, by a certain level, they're going to get multi-attack. Mm-hmm. And then they can use their bonus actions to put even more, like, ass-kickery into yeah. whatever it is that they hit with. Like, it's so insane. they can get an obscene number. Of, it's, it's, it, I mean, they are, they are the Hulk smash, for sure. So if I'm going to choose a tank, I'm yeah. probably going to choose paladin. a paladin. Good over a barbarian or a fighter. One thing that I deeply love about 5e is that they changed the rules over the years. Originally, paladins were only lawful good. They were only Mm. good guys, or they could be anti-paladins, which were only evil. And and I love how they've just softened on that whole thing to where it's not about being good or bad. It's about paladins are basically the obsessive compulsives, right? They are the mm-hmm. ones that are just so hyper-focused on something that gives them a reason to live. It doesn't. It has nothing to do with being good or bad. So I love, th- I love yeah. that. And so, yeah, I agree. Paladins are amazing. Sorry. I, I think that they're one of the most underrated classes. I think when people like think of D&D, they don't immediately think of paladins. So, yeah. all right. So I've got Sorcerer. I've got okay. Druid. I've one got more. Paladin. Okay, the one I am never ever drawn to is ranger so they're just automatically kicked off my list um it would probably be rogue Uh because rogues are just they're so versatile and there's so many different ways that you can flavor a rogue and they're equally beneficial both in and out of combat like if Mm -hmm. your party has a rogue you're going to be doing and coming up with cool things in all of your role playing not just when you're rolling initiative okay all right my turn, I guess. Yeah. All right. So I think Warlock for me would be the magic user, be the spell mm-hmm. caster. I also love this concept of that. They're not fighters, but they, they're charismatic. They don't have like the list of spells is as large for them, but they have a, a few like built-in cool kind of combat-y things that I always think are fun. Mm. I am going to choose... The much aligned bard. Oh. And I, I choose bard because I am jack of all trades, master of none. That's my life. I get it. It feels correct. So probably I would end up being the bard in this group. But like the bard can heal and the bard can sneak and the bard can fight. I would almost argue that if there was an OP class, it might be bard because it's just so many directions, which is actually kind of cool because it didn't even exist originally, right? The mm-hmm. the idea of a traveling minstrel that has uh, a focus. Minstrel doesn't have to be music. It could be, you know, theater or, or poetry or something, but some kind of artist that then takes that art and can channel it into a magical thing, which is amazing. What are you laughing at? Oh, God. <laughs> the bard is the ultimate hipster. Of course you would choose that. <laughs> You're sitting here talking about all of the different artisanal things oh, that the bard does no, and, no. and better than anybody else and before anybody else did them. <laughs> and here we are again. <laughs> Why? Why, Cthulhu? Um, yeah, I guess you're right. It's fine. I get it. It's fun. Um, <clears throat> all right, I'm going to keep going down a... Path of oddity. I'm gonna go ranger. 
And I'll tell you why. And I, I agreed. I, I thought that I had agreed with you before. I think that the original 5e Ranger from the player's handbook was definitely not much to talk about. But I think in subsequent additions to the game, uh, I think the Ranger, you could build a really, really interesting, cool character that is good with a, a sword, is great with a bow and arrow, has the kind of a lot of the necessary nature things that a druid would give you. Mm-hmm. Tracking and some of the roguey, sneaky stuff. Wow. Every single one of these so far is like just sort of middle of the road. Very. I like the idea of characters that, of classes that just kind of can jump to different, you know. So while, while the rest of us are out here yeah, trying to pick out like a balanced party, you're trying to pick out party <laughs> members that are balanced. Is what you're telling me. <laughs> yes. Yes, I think so. I think so. And isn't that interesting? And I love that that is a difference of us, because what do you think would be the last one in that case? Uh, do, 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 do. I, hmm. I'll give you a hint. These are, these are all characters that I'm, that I'm drawn to, to play, when I very rarely play. But Okay, so then what were going to be my two choices wouldn't make sense there. What is, the only other one that you've played with me is Wizard. And Artificer. Artificer is, is a kind of new class. And yes. I, I mean, just I'm always going to go there because it is this really fascinating class that combines technology and magic and fighting ability yeah. and Iron Man's armor and uh, tinkerers. And so, yeah. Um, I'm sitting here staring at the list of 12 that I made, and Mm -hmm. it's not on that list, so therefore it did not exist to me at that moment. (laughs) (laughs) But you're totally right. You are absolutely, in real life, the artificer of the group. You you have played an artificer, and brilliantly, might I add, yeah, so that makes perfect sense that you were drawn to that one to round out your party. That party that I just described, those four people, the Artificer, the Warlock, the Ranger, and the Bard, I want to play that so bad right now. I want to see... I want to see that adventure unfold because what a fascinating, they've all got their own weird things. Like the bard would be obsessed with whatever their art is. The, mm-hmm. the ranger is obsessed with nature, probably. The warlock is obsessed with whatever thing is talking to them. And then the artificer is, is obsessed with all of its little gear. What it's trying to build, oh, what it wants to tinker with. So much drama, so much drama possible in that. So, so much role playing ability. But we probably get creamed in most combats. You're right. Mm-hmm. That's me. Okay. So that is our that is our perfect parties, which I think are both extremely valid. And then, how do you translate that into life? Who is in your party? What are their roles? So, do you want me to read through the the kind of stereotypes that I came up with? Yes, I would love that. that. This is purely subjective, but mm-hmm. um, th- this is what I called them. We'll we'll kind of dash through this and and talk through what some of these might mean. So, okay. in most friend groups, 
you have the party animal. So the person who is just hyper-focused a lot of time on, you know, not here for a long time, but a good time. Right. I feel like every friend group has what I have called the Eeyore, the the pessimist, the negative Nancy, just the mm-hmm. one who is constantly shooting stuff down. Okay. Um, we have the class clown. We have the hot mess express, the one whose life is just never together, whether they're like <laughs> having to bum money or rides or, you know, like need to call you at 8 a.m. because their relationship just fell apart. We all have them. We all love them. Oh um, we have the caretaker, which is the group mom or dad. So the one that carries the big bag and always has whatever you need in it. And is you know, kind of the first one that you call in a crisis. Wow. We have the artistic one, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Every friend group has somebody who is just ridiculously good at something or lots of things. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one I've called the communications director. They're usually the ones who started the group mm-hmm. and who are the ones that are like responsible for starting the group text. Where are we having dinner? What are we doing? These are the ideas, things like that. Um, you can guess which one I think you are. There's one called the techie one, which is just, they're always on the forefront of whatever is new and sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the floater or the absent one who like, you see them when you see them and sometimes you don't see them for a, mm-hmm. a long, long period of time. And they seem great with that. Um, you have the flirt, um, someone who's just always head over heels for somebody and probably a different one every time you talk to them. Yeah. You have the oracle, which is who you go to for the sage wisdom and advice, your unofficial life coach. The old soul. Yeah, the old soul. (laughs) And for the last one, I kind of went back and forth, like, you know, because we have very stereotypical ones like the jock. And and so I think the fanatic can kind of fit a lot of those roles. So Mm. somebody who is deep into whatever their thing is, whether it's something that they enjoy from the sidelines or actually actively participating in themselves. Interesting. So that, according to Allison, are the 12 friend group stereotypes. You are incredibly good at this. (laughs) When is your reboot of any of uh, John Hughes' movies coming out? Oh my God. Other than playing Dungeons and Dragons, you've like tapped into one of the only other things I would rather be doing if I could do anything. So, I mean, I I think you were even kind of doing this, whether you meant to do it or not. I noticed that. As you were like talking through, you know, the different D&D classes, because, you know... I, like, you know, the barbarian could be the fan- fanatic, right? Like, they could be the ones that just are like... Or the paladin. T- or the paladin, who yeah. are, you know, tunnel vision about the things. The artificer is, I think, the techie one. Sure. Um, you know, I think I think that the bard... The bard could be a lot of these things, which is exactly, exactly. what you were saying about the bard, mm-hmm. because they're so, you know, multi-talent. They could be the artistic one, but they could also be the communications the director, the ones that started it all. They could be the flirt. Yeah. Um, yeah, so these these could all go. So the we're not going to like. Wow. Yeah. This is this is amazing. <laughs> I love this. Oh my gosh, I love this. I, uh, I tend to think of the rogue as the class clown, but that may be just because of the way I play my rogue. Sure. So I could be in very like tunnel vision there. Uh-huh. I mean, we have the 12 no. friend group stereotypes. We have the 12 D&D classes. There's a bunch of different ways that these could be played. I'm thinking about my major friend group in Charlotte and checking yeah, off all of no. these boxes yeah. and ha- how we all came together. Mm-hmm. But then I'm even thinking about like you and me and Evan and Fitz and mm-hmm. like our little, you know, uh, IRL D&D party, like which roles we all fit into. So what's your you know, party? And, and, what is my party? Why don't you go first this time? All right. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what I would not take, but I have in, in my life, which is I've I've really worked hard to kind of not invite this one to the party as much as the Hot Mets Express. That used to be 
my go-to. There was always a hot mess express. I was either dating them or they were around or uh, I craved the chaos, the crazy making that they brought to my life. But you know that I am the hot mess express, right? No, 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 no. Definitely not. No, no. I'm talking about real hot mess. I mean, like, <laughs> like making things difficult for everyone all the time. And I've had a lot. I've had a lot of friends like that. Uh, mm-hmm. So, my four would be the caretaker. Because mm-hmm. I, I do, I do find that that. Whether or not you agree with why they're caretaking, they do come in handy. The techie one, of course. I mean, you're right. I, currently in my lifetime, I would probably be the techie one. More now than maybe in the past, but definitely the techie one. Uh, I like the idea of having the flirt, though. And I'm, I'm talking functionality-wise, right? Like I'm talking like I like the idea of having somebody that has that ability, that power of charm that they could utilize I think that's I think that's important in a friend group, especially again if they're on your side, right? Like all these people, if they're if if we are friends and we're working together, I think that's important. So techie one, flirt, caretaker, and then I like maybe the oracle. I don't know, but I ironically I need the communications director in my life. So okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna back away from Oracle again. Trying to be me in 2022. Let's go with those four. Uh, Interestingly enough, some old I, and some I, new. I thought you were gonna say the artistic one, mm. which, mm-hmm. if I had to look down this list and pick four for you, I think that you might be in my life the techie one, the caretaker, no. <laughs> the flirty one, and the artistic one. Interesting. And okay. flirty one, just in terms of like being a romantic about life, yeah. like sure, it sure, doesn't sure. necessarily, you know, like, but those are probably some of the qualities I would align most with who you are. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that's a good thing to, you know, kind of know yourself and choose things that jive well. I, I mean, that's the beauty of this list is that it, it, many of them apply to all of us at different times, yep. right? Yep. I have been yep. the hot mess express. Uh, we all have been. Um, there's some that I have never been. I don't think I've ever been much of an oracle. Well, that's not true. Maybe I have. I don't. Yeah. I, I, mean, I come to you for true. advice all the time. That's true. Maybe not the fanatic. That might be the one where I don't. I I'm not. I'm not a good fanatic. I'm a fan, mm-hmm. but I'm never, I never take it to the level that sometimes you need to go. Mm-hmm. And definitely not the party animal. I'm ne- I've never been that. But what's the Eeyore again? Uh, the pessimist, the negative one. I yeah. I feel like every friend group has an they Eeyore do. and a Hot Mess Express. Yeah. Because I think that those types are pulled into the orbit of everybody else. They know that they need the balance. They yeah. know that they need the flip side of the coin. And so everybody has them. Everybody loves them. They're endearing in many ways. And in other mm-hmm. ways, you just roll your eyes and go, oh, geez, yeah. here they go again. I I have definitely been the Hot Mess Express and still might be in some of my friend groups. We'll see. <laughs> Okay, so what are your four? So I think that my four would be uh, definitely the Oracle is the first one that I'm absolutely grabbing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Caretaker is the next one that is an easy grab for me. From here, it gets a lot harder. Mm-hmm. I love the Class Clown. You got to keep it funny. You got to keep sure. it light. So I think I'm between the Class Clown, the Artistic One, and honestly, the Fanatic. Because mm-hmm. I, as a Fanatic type, 
I love making friendships with people who are that level yes. with me. We are fanatics for D&D together. We that are. makes our friendship, you know, so. Okay, yes. so what did I say? But, so I but said, you are even more of a fanatic than I am sure, about D&D. Sure. Uh, sure. that's, you just are able to take it to the level that I can't. The next level. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what did I say for sure? I said the Oracle and the Caretaker mm-hmm. are the for sure ones. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I love the artistic one so much, but it's like I don't need them to function because I'm going to be able to find them anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I will take the Class Clown and the Fanatic. I like it. I like it. And looking at this list, I just love... I love looking at them and realizing what 20-year-old, 30-year-old Matt would pick and, you know, what 50-year-old Matt picks because it is very different and I'm proud of myself. Not that any of them are bad. Mm -hmm. I I think it's just growing, but I I think that 20-year-old Matt would would look at my current list and I go, no way, man. You gotta have the artistic one. Gotta. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And ironically, we're usually trying to tie D&D into ADHD talk. Let me try to do the opposite this time, because it's been <laughs> all D&D all the time, which I also love. I'm not afraid of that. But uh, I would also say that my current list is based on what I've learned about ADHD. From mm-hmm. um, the communications director being a big one, right? <laughs> uh, Issuing the Hot Mess Express. Very much used to be an ADHD thing for me. Had to be. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I have no proof of that. I'm sure that that's why I was drawn to the chaos and the fun and the. I think the Hot Mess Express is definitely the wild magic sorcerer. <laughs> Just thrives on chaos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's funny. Like we're always going to see ourselves as one more than the other. I don't. I just. And I mean this as a compliment. I don't see you as a Hot Mess Express because I've experienced Hot Mess Express. On a level that is crippling, right? Like mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I would not in any way say that that is for you. That you are not you are not crippling to me. <laughs> oh, good. I'm so. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> yeah. What a fun freaking thing this is. Hey, everybody, try this at home. I now want to issue a challenge to every listener, which is to go, like, don't hyper-obsess with this the way that I do about some things, but, Mm -hmm. like, either based on what we've shared or just the lightest amount of light internet reading, (laughs) what what class would you be, you know, drawn to play? Mm -hmm. Um, Or if you already play, what class are you most often drawn to play? Yeah. Uh, well, Allison, this was really great, I think. I think this was really fun. I'm so time. glad we take notes. Otherwise, we would be very lost week We'd to week. We'd be lost. I know. That's okay. I like that this was a and d focused episode because, you know, there's, there's, there's some people listening that also like that. And, I and also, so. I think this is fun because that's, that is something that we get a lot, which is, I don't get it. I don't understand. What, what is it? I don't get this game. What I don't understand, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I understand your confusion. Like I, I, as you were talking about, uh, you know, reading the descriptions of character classes, I'm like, whoa, that does sound complicated. <laughs> like you have to learn. It really is stuff to study. Listen, if you don't want to read, if you don't want to Google something, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Get in touch with me, Please. and we'll have a fiver. 
Yes. Let's have a fiver. Sure. Send you a Marco Polo, and we will get you up to speed. One thing that I've been trying to do is get Lindsay in some way just into this world of role-playing, just so she gets an idea. And it, I bought a board game, The Legend of Drizzt. <gasps> and it is like little bits of D&D, fourth edition, but still. And, and it kind of like you have to kind of have a character and play a character. So I thought, I don't know, that could be really fun. And then, you know, see see if she likes that. I'll are report gonna, back on that. Are you going to loan her a set of your dice? Yeah. To roll with? She, yeah, sure. Wow, this is getting serious, man. I know, I know, I know. I really have all these feelings for her, and I just don't know. I think know. you might like really like this step. girl. It's a really big step. <laughs> I don't know. Like, Can you imagine if, you know, at the altar you've been like, and babe, on our 10-year anniversary, I'm going to let you <laughs> roll with my Dungeons and Dragons I'm going to let you use dice. my dice. i let you Ooh, creep. Ooh, that Ooh. sounds... Well, on that note, thanks on for that tuning note, in. Yay! <laughs> thanks, everybody. We have a Patreon if you would like to join it. It's really fun. It's growing. We're using that Discord community now. It is that so fun! Sweet, sweet Discord. Yes, shout out to Tay and to Seth and to Fitz, who all just dove on into to Discord with us this week and got good and nerdy talking about oh, man. foes and otherwise. So fun. So, you know, if you want to do... That we we love it, but absolutely no pressure. And yeah. until next week, or whenever. Well, I'll I'll see you in a week, yeah. uh, and we'll 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 talk to all the rest of you guys the oh week after God. that. I love it. Um, Yay! I am the tech one. I am the tech one.